Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Chart Shot Gamescast. We're back after two weeks. I'm your host Ben, aka The Marvelous Ziggy, and joining me, as always, Justin. You could argue we never left, but also we're back. No. No, we didn't. We did some Halloween shit. We did some fun stuff. Yeah, but we were still uh, Right before... Yeah. We did fun stuff. We were yeah. And joining us is our crewmate, Tyler. I'm definitely not sus. <laughs> no. Shoutouts to you putting the... Uh, Among Us theme in the actual uh, watch along. That's that was. It's never not funny. Um, yeah. All right, that thing watch along was a lot of fun. It <laughs> yes, was. it was. Um, I apologize for making it an editing nightmare. Uh, but we are the Charge Shot Gamescast. We are a well, most of the time, a weekly video game podcast dedicated to games we've been playing, news we've been, news we've been reading, and we got quite a bit of news for you tonight. No topic tonight. We're going to call it a little bit short. Uh, but you know, we'll, we're getting ready for the holiday season. There's going to be news coming out and. Oh, I should I should turn the camera down so you guys can see the Macho Man shirt that I shot on stream yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and kick it to Justin. It's been two weeks. Have you been playing anything else but Persona Four? No, I okay. Oh, are you making fun of me because I it's no? Because like all I no 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 all I it looked like I was playing Discord. Persona Four for like two days straight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. See, <laughs> the thing is with that game. Um, there's not a lot of points to save, so I will I will make some progress and then just minimize it instead of like you know mm. saving and quitting. But I forget that like Discord and stuff uh, shows like what game you're actively playing. So even though it's minimized, it says I'm playing it. And like on Steam, it says I've played the game for 166 hours. <laughs> God damn! That's um, even longer than a regular personal play. When in game, it's like twelve. Uh, but I will leave it on there. Um, go do other things, and then be like, "Oh yeah, I forgot I left Persona Four minimized. I should probably find a save point." And then I play for another hour or so and quit. Um, so that's that. I haven't actually been playing Persona Four a lot. Um, I'm actually still in the like second dungeon or whatever. Um, I'm almost to what's his name, Kanji. Yeah, Kanji. Yeah, the Troy Baker character. I'm like at that floor uh, when I quit last time. But so you're finding out about his sexual awakening. Yes, it's it's interesting. Um, it's something else. Yeah, <laughs> but most of what I've been playing, I actually haven't like played a lot. Um, but it's mostly been more Metroid Dread. Um, I've been doing my second run. To see if I like how much I can just break the game, uh, because I've been reading up on all the different like speedrunning strats and stuff, um, and sequence breaking and that kind of thing. So I just wanted to do um, a run to see how. What we have a fucking hype train that it's close to starting. Hype uh, train. To, yeah, shout out oh, to dang. to Tangy. Shout out to Tangy in the chat. Thank you for Tangy um, the the, the <laughs> sub and everything the bits. So thanks, man. Holy uh, shit! Thomas you can join also. in on this. You can also join in this fun live. Most mostly ninety nine percent of Mondays at twitch.tv slash zero score <laughs> seven p.m. Central Standard Time. Just to FYI, if you're listening to this via audio, that's cool. I saw they both subscribed, but I try to not interrupt too much. I do appreciate y'all. Now that we've already you know derailed the show, huh? Rail train. Ha. Hit it. Um, ha. ha! I get it. <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah, so I've been trying to just break Metroid Dread, um, and I like 
I'm noticing in the second run, like, how much it actually, like, clearly guides you towards the next way. So, like, you, you can actually go off the beaten path quite a bit, but most doors off the beaten path are closed, so there's really only one natural way forward. Um, but there's a lot of, like, little hidden things where you can get items out of order and stuff. Like, the way that they've built this game to basically be broken and, like, reward you for being broken... Mm-hmm. Um, or reward you for breaking it. You don't get rewards for being broken. I would know. Um, it's really impressive. Like, uh, I guess light spoilers, but like we're gonna do our spoiler cast eventually. Um, if you get the morph ball bomb early, you can do like a special like quick kill of Kraid. Uh, but to get the morph bomb early, you have to get the grapple beam early, and it doesn't seem like it should be possible. Um. Like, you get the Vario suit, and then there's a few rooms that, like, require some really precise jumps. Um, and it basically takes you, like, a back way down to get them, where you're supposed to have to wait until, like, you go... Like, you get the grapple beam and then go up that way. You can go down it instead and kind of backtrack through to get the grapple beam. Um... But, like, the fact that there is a, you know, secret way to kill a boss built into the game, if you've gotten those things, proves that, like, the developers figured, like, you know, the quality testers or whatever figured out that you can use the moveset to, you know, sneak in there and get things. So they put something in that boss that you wouldn't normally be able to do with the items you have when you get there. And that kind of stuff is really cool. And like it's I was like able this game to, is made by Metroid fans or something. Yeah, I know, right? Um, and I mean, that's on top of like the crazy like speed boost uh, puzzles to get 100% item collection, which are all really fun. Now that I've done them, um, I was bad at them when I couldn't figure them out. But now that I've gotten 100%, oh yeah, by the way, I got 100% in the game. Not to brag. Um, I my cock's huge. <laughs> uh, I, I know, like, how cool those are once you pull them off. But, um, yeah, anyway, I was able to skip an entire boss, which is actually, like, my least favorite, like, underwater boss in the game. Um, because oh. you don't have the gravity suit yet, and so, like, it's just yeah. an annoying fight. But you yeah, can skip it's more, it. It's not, it's not, um, long, but, yeah, it is, it is, it feels like a trudge, especially, yeah. you think like, you It's an interesting by that puzzle, because it's one of those, like, you can't just, you know, button mash your way out of it. Like, you have to figure out the puzzle of it. Yeah. But I just don't enjoy running around with and underwater without the gravity suit. And this yeah, game they're... expects you to do a lot of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, am I supposed <laughs> to go? Well, I guess, okay, I'm right. I guess I do go here. Yeah. Um, Which you can also it. get early gravity suit before you do, like, 90% of that underwater stuff. But I missed my shot to do it. So it got to the mm. point where, like, I would have had to backtrack a ton to get back to where you're supposed to go to get it early. Um, basically, like, right after you get the spin jump, you can get access to early gravity suit um, using one of those cool speed boost puzzles. But instead, like, I forgot when you're supposed to, because I was, like, reading guides and stuff. And like I said, it's not clear. Like, it, it pretty much does kind of usher you forward. Um, but you have to, like, find the ways you can go off the beaten path in order to sequence break. And a lot of them are, like, hidden blocks or whatever that you wouldn't normally notice. Um, 
But yeah, so I like I, I did things the way you have to do them to get the early gravity suit. Uh, but like it was already to the point where I was on my way to get it anyway. I just wanted to see like I wanted to do the route, you know, so I know next time I play um, that I can go get it early. But um, yeah, I've been really enjoying the second run of just trying to break things and see what happens. Um, and there's a lot more tricks you can do that I was not able to complete. Uh, there's a really cool quick kill for the like the experiment boss which is like one of the hardest bosses in the game um, where if you are able to get a shine spark at the right moment, you can like one, one shot him um, using a shine spark. But there's like just a split second when his head is on screen for you to like activate the animation and hit him. And it's kind of tricky wow. to time. Um, and I just saw there's another boss where you can basically like run from the other room and like build a shine spark when you get into the room. Um, so that as soon as he like comes in to attack you, you launch it up and like basically do like half his total damage, like half his total health in one hit before you even start the fight. And like those kind of like, you don't even think about that. Like you wouldn't just normally playing the game, but the things people have figured out, um, there's already like sub one hour, uh, runs of this game. Like it's insane. And it would probably be even faster if it wasn't for all the loading screens and stuff, because they count towards time. Uh, but, yeah. I, I'm at the final boss again on my second run. Um, and then I want to do one more run to like actually record it for the video I'm going to do on it, so I'm kind of putting that off until I'm a little further along, because I started to do Super Metroid, Metroid Fusion first. Um, but in the meantime, I have been playing a few other things. Um... So I started up the new Guardians of the Galaxy game the other day, uh, thanks to Thomas, and it's really fun. Like, it's it's got that, you know, that Guardians of the Galaxy energy to it, like the movies do. And it's its, its own story, it's its own canon, all that, but it definitely uh, takes, like, a lot of cues from the movies. Um, oh, for sure. Like, there's kind of a, a little Easter egg in there that uh, seemingly... Peter Quill lives in Missouri, just like his family is in the movie because of James Gunn and his Missouri origins. Um, whereas originally in the comics, Peter Quill and his family relocated to Colorado. So like that's kind of a, you know, MCU change that's stuck. And like you can get all of the MCU costumes as alt costumes in the game. And some of them look better than others. Um but, like, I kind of hate Gamora's in-game costume, so I switched her over to the MCU skin as soon as I got it. I uh, that one's cool. Like, the one from the actual comics? I don't know. It's like the white armor plating just looks unfinished. I don't know. She looks a lot better with the MCU skin. Because I don't mind, like, her face and hair and all that. Like, that's its own style, and that's okay. Um, but something about that costume bothered me. And then uh, Drax was kind of the same way. Like, his skin is super light. And, like, his, like, tattooing or whatever mostly looks like, like, red paint smeared across his chest. Like, it's so smooth. It just, it didn't look, it looked cartoony and out of place. Mm -hmm. So I switched him over to the MCU skin, too. Um, and, like, those two make the whole collective group look a lot better. Even though I'm only using their MCU skins and I'm using different ones for everyone else. Um, Peter obviously has the most alt costumes because he's the only one you play as. Um, and there's a few really cool ones, including, like, some original ones new to the game. Um, 
but uh, it's not quite like Spider-Man levels or anything. Like they're totally cosmetic. They don't add like abilities or you know stat modifiers or anything like that. So there's some know. cool ones though. Yeah, there are. It's really cool. Um, but the game itself is a lot of fun. I love the uh, the humor, the dialogue. Like a lot of the dialogue options actually have some pretty major impact. Um, like there's an early on mission where you're trying to uh, talk to uh, Lady Hellbender and the way that mission plays out will be drastically different depending on the dialogue decisions you make with her. It could either be kind of like a chill um, like a chill escape or like a like a run and gun like chase. Um and I'm, I, it makes me excited. Like, there's probably not a lot of differences because it's a fairly linear game, but it makes me excited to like watch some other playthroughs and see how the other, uh, how the missions play out differently, and like some of the dialogue options are different. It's from the Deus Ex team, so it kind of makes sense that they have those, you know, choices and things like that. But it's pretty impressive and mostly seamless. Uh, you can kind of see like when the choices come in, like in um, in like a Telltale game, you know when their animations will like chop a little bit, like it, it switches to that, you know, like the game jitters. that coding. Yeah. Of dialogue. But like, there's a bunch of collectibles and things you get in, in the missions and you can um, take those collectibles back to your ship. And like the Milano is almost a character of its own because with how much personality it has and how much time you spend on it, just like looking at things. Uh, but those various collectibles are like, left in the rooms of your different crewmates and stuff. So when you get back to the ship, you can like find the collectibles and have nice little like character development moments with those characters. Um, because you found something that's kind of like, you know, personal to them or whatever. Um, and that gives me a lot of incentive to like go up off the beaten path because not only where you find, you know, new costumes and like, uh, upgrade materials and stuff, but you'll find these basically like optional cutscenes. Uh, that help the the backstory of the characters get more fleshed out and like their relationships deepened a little bit. Um, so like that's the main thing I'm liking. Like I could take or leave the combat. Every time it gets into a heavy combat section, I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. Like I'll just get through this so I can get back to the, you know, the the fun character stuff. Um, but I really enjoy when it just kind of slows down and like lets you do like some puzzle rooms where you're combining the different abilities of your party. Um, and then like the, just the more quiet dialogue sections where you're, you know, choosing dialogue options and like just enjoying the, the cutscenes. Um, the combat itself, I kind of just got tired. Like it, it's, it's, it's not my kind of thing. Um, it's a lot of like delegating abilities to your party members while also focusing on like, um, real-time like action gameplay with peter and it's just a lot to juggle um when and like the lock-on is kind of inconsistent where like you'll try to lock on to an enemy and it won't find the right one which is especially annoying because it also like you th whatever you're locked on to is what your uh your like other character abilities will target so you might, like, flick it around a little bit trying to get, like, the right target while you're in, like, slowdown mode and just, it's a little clunky. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it is kind of like Mass Effect, but I don't really like Mass Effect either. 
um, kind of for that same reason. But Ben, you'd probably like it, honestly. Yeah, I I um, saw him, I fell asleep to Max's stream, uh, and I woke up to him playing it. I'm like, wow, this game is look number one. A looks really good. Yeah, and like just just the writing was like was felt like. It, not only was it quippy and fun, but it felt like like they were real people, like they mm-hmm. were like they were people who have been together for a while. Oh yeah, like yeah, I want to play this game. It's just unfortunately circumstances coming up where I can't do that right now. Um, yeah. I'll probably wait for like a, a sale or something. Um, Honestly, like, I would love it's, to. it's kind of like what you thought Avengers was going to be. Oh like, yeah, for sure. You know, I liked Avengers for what it was. Like I, I didn't, I, I didn't bring it up. I don't. I know. I'm, I'm just saying. I just want to make that point. <laughs> like they're both Square games. They're both. You know, Marvel properties, like, there's a lot of comparisons. Um, but, like, whereas Avengers had some really solid elements that were brought down by the, you know, uh, microtransaction models and stuff, like the live the service online, stuff. The, the online bullshit of it all, yes. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy has a lot of that same stuff with, like, alternate costumes and, you know, good writing and, like, character moments and things like that. But it's just a solely like single player narrative game, mm. and it's really nice. Like it's refreshing to play. Uh, but like I kind of didn't care about it when they first announced it or whatever. I'm really only playing it didn't. because I didn't have to pay for it, and it's probably going to be like top of my game of the year list. Like not number one, obviously, but like it's really good. <laughs> So it's just kind of funny how these games can come out of nowhere and like just oh, yeah. blow your mind. It's um, almost as if we shouldn't know about a game until it's ready to come out. Yeah, probably. Although we actually didn't find about this one like until close to the end. That I think yeah, we it was just, June. It was it, it was E3 when we all learned about it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was like it was about the same amount of time as Dread. Like that yeah, turnaround, yeah. which I think is really yeah. good for like you know, announcement to release. It's like 6 months or so, 6 to 8 months. Um, yeah, versus, like, other stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, I'll have more to say on that. I'm still fairly early. I'm a few hours in. Like, chapter five, I think. Um, I kind of had a hard time putting it down over the weekend. Uh, but, aside from that, I played a little bit of the new Mario Party game. And it's actually really good. Like, it feels like classic Mario Party. But modern enough that, you know, it doesn't feel like you're playing an N64 game, for example. Um, like, they've... Yeah, those are rough. Yeah. They um, they modernized it where they needed to and, like, added in some really nice quality of life features that, like, the newer games introduced. But also, like, kept it very, um, you know, very classic. Like, there's no gimmicky minigames. Obviously, they're all from past games, but, like... They run the gamut. Like I thought it I thought it said it was a hundred of the best from the N sixty four and GameCube era. But it's actually from all ten games. Um there's obviously a lot fewer from the newer games because there are a lot of like the uh the gimmicky like, like gimmicky motion control ones and stuff. Ones. But there are a few. Like I played one from Mario Party ten and I was like, Oh, I thought I knew this game, but I didn't realize there were many games from Mario Party ten in this. Um but the boards are all from the classics, like uh, one through three, and they're some of the best boards. Um, like is Waluigi Island in there? No. Boo. Horrorland mm-hmm. is though, and that one's okay. fantastic as well as Spaceland, which is also fantastic. Um, nice. But 
Yeah, I I don't think all the mini games are winners, and it's kind of disappointing how many of them are like retreads of each other. Considering it's the top one hundred across the whole series, you'd think they could have put in more of the variety. But Horror Land, Thomas. <laughs> um, but I mean, obviously the best ones are there, like Bumper Balls and um, the 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 tracing one that everyone compared to Squid Game. Um, oh god like the cookie cutter yeah the cookie cutter one um, so like it, it's it's a good mix and then yeah like I said it's five boards across the first three games like you know all this stuff we've talked about it before but the game just feels really fun to play like it's very polished um, I, I didn't realize how little like I liked any of the gimmicks because it's really just you know it's a solid roster of playable characters and basic boards, you know, no like sharing a car or anything and no weird item balls or whatever. There's like, there's a few different, um, a few different dice blocks and then like the classic items like, you know, the golden pipe and the mushroom and like, uh, I think the boo is in there that can like steal coins or whatever. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's Mario Party at the end of the day, but it's good Mario Party. Like it's the best one in years. And uh, I'm gonna That's be streaming good. it some more on Thursday. That's part of why I I played it last night. Um, I wanted to do kind of a test with my uh my co-stream partner. Mm. Um, because we're across the world, and I wanted to make sure the connection was stable. But mm. aside from that, I also just did like some of the Mount Mini Games stuff because they have like some daily challenges and things you can complete. For different achievements and just like coin collection um there's a lot of unlockables like uh you can buy stickers and um like character portfolios basically like you know kind of a there's a lot of like lore in the game because it it it's pretending that like you are fans of the series already so like it opens with like a you know do you remember this green pipe this classic green pipe that started it all do you remember that you can press A to jump? <laughs> and then, like like I said, every minigame shows you which game it's from at, across the top, which is really cool uh, from, like, a nostalgia standpoint. And, like, the kind of the opening story section and, like, the, um, the intro to each board uses, like, classic images from the game it came from. Um, so you can kind of see, like, the comparison of what the board looked like back then versus what it looks like now, which is kind of cool. Um, all that stuff. So, like, a lot of the unlockables are also related to kind of the history of the series. Um, so it gives you, like, bios and, like, games they were in in the past and that kind of thing. Um, which is all really cool stuff. But anyway, I did some Mount Minigame stuff just to play again, play with randos and see how the connection held up. And there were a few stutters. Like, uh, one especially bad one was the Jump Rope minigame. Um, trying to do that with online lag was a little tough. Uh, you just kind of have to like, you know, hit a little early just in case. Um, but honestly, like there were no disconnects. I didn't see any of like the scary scenes that people were posting on Twitter of like, you know, connection is unstable warnings as it's like in the middle of a mini game. Um, it was just, there were occasional stutters, but nothing, you know, game breaking or anything like that. Like it didn't make me lose. I'll say that. Um, it was just noticeable every now and then. So, like, 
it's a very solid online entry to the game. Like, it's it's really... I didn't really... Like, I didn't play much of Super Paper Mario. Um, and I didn't play it at all once the online came out. And I've never been able to successfully do uh, net play with Mario Party. Um, so, like, this is my first time playing Mario Party Online. And it's just a very satisfying experience to play this thing that, like, you used to always have to gather four people together for, or, you know, play by yourself with computers. Oh, um, God. And now You're you can play with anyone across the world, and that's awesome. So, I definitely recommend the game, um, and if you do get it, let me know, and you can join us on Thursday. Um, if you're free, of course. But, yeah. That's mostly it. Is Those two are kind of like the two new games I've been playing. Other than that, I've just kind of been dabbling in a few various things. Um, but, yeah. Okay. Uh, Tyler... Uh, unfortunately, I haven't really been playing a whole lot the past two weeks, uh, what with uh, work and my sleep schedule and all that. So not really much on my end. I've just been playing a whole bunch of Duel Links. Uh, they've recently put up uh, an event for uh, one of the Arc 5 characters, and I actually unlocked that dude early. Pretty cool deck. Uh, uses uh, monsters uh, from uh, the DDD archetype. Um uh, Really cool set of monsters. Um, not exactly my cup of tea because I feel like that that type of deck is a bit too big brain for me. You know, I just like to summon stuff with high attack and just go to town. But you know, it's whatever. Uh, but the the big new game that I've been playing recently, I actually just booted up before uh, we started, is uh, Fist in the North Star: Lost Paradise for the PlayStation Four. Mm. Uh, Question for you two gentlemen. Are you aware of Fist and North Star at all? Omarai. Omarai Shinderyu. Yeah, of course yeah. I am. Of course. Yeah. You're asking. Justin, I'm not sure. I know who that is, of course. Yeah. Uh, I am aware there's... of all of those words. You are already <laughs> dead. <laughs> That's all I I don't know if you could hear that, but yeah. So, yeah. Old-ass anime manga series from the 80s. They recently adapted it into uh, a PS4 game back in 2018, I think. I got it's the Yakuza devs who made it as well, yeah. I think. Yeah, it was made by the guys that made Yakuza. Uh, and the dude that voices Kiryu is the voice of Kenshiro in this game. And, uh, there's, and there's also a free skin that basically turns him into Kiryu. Of so, course. Kiryu doesn't kill people in Yakuza, does he? Because... If he didn't there, he definitely does here. I mean, it's like Batman. Batman technically doesn't kill you, but he's going to give you a brain hemorrhage, probably cause your, your rib to snap. Yeah, you you'll know, eventually die. Yeah, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just not going to save you. Ex- exactly. Kiryu doesn't yeah. kill people. Grabs a random bike out of nowhere, smashes it over your head. Yeah. But yeah, if he doesn't kill people in Yakuza, he definitely does here if you put on the Kiryu skin. Because if you know anything about Fist and North Star, the whole gist of it is that he knows this old-ass old uh, Chinese fighting style known as Hokuto Shinkin, otherwise known as Fist and the North Star, where if they uh, hit specific pressure points, it just fucking kills you from the inside. Like, most of them are head explosions, sometimes... Uh, he uses uh, pressure points to heal people, uh, make people lose memories, stuff like that. 
Fist of North Star is really weird, but it's a really cool uh, series. And they did a really fake good job uh, adapting this from the very little I played so far. Like, the whole story is kind of weird because... Like, I watched the first parts, first four parts of the anime, where there's like six parts in total of the manga. And uh, the way they adapted the story in this game is that it's kind of in canon, but also not. Like, it starts off with the final battle against Shin, uh, Kenshiro's rival who steals his woman in the beginning of part one. And uh, that fight uh, is at the end of part one, so it's kind of a sort of flash-forward kind of deal. And, uh, yeah, the whole beginning of the game is Kenshiro. After, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, uh, the whole backdrop of Fist and North Star is that the end of the 20th century nuclear war broke out and pretty much ruined the entire world, uh, leaving humanity to kind of struggle for, like, food and resources and stuff. So, like, all these armed thugs are just indiscriminately killing people for food and water and shit. And the weak are just helpless against them. And so this otherworldly savior that knows this incredibly ancient Chinese martial art that can blow people up just comes out of the wilderness to be the savior of Century's End, which is probably the most metal title ever. So, this is pretty much the beginning of Kenshiro's journey. Uh, he obviously blows up bad people, and uh, he finds out about this lost city that pretty much has all the food and water that en that entire civilization can thrive on for years to come. A sort of paradise city, if you will. And this is kind of um, something that doesn't really happen in the original story, but it is kind of interesting to me that uh, something like this would exist in like the post-apocalyptic ruined world of 1990X. And that is the canonical year that Fist of North Star takes place, by the way. So uh, in terms of combat, uh, it's pretty much just Yakuza, except you blow people up. There's a few uh, mini-games where if you do enough damage to dudes, you press the circle button and it let and it lets you do one of Kenshiro's uh, famous moves that he does in the show. Like uh, the 100 Crack Fist, where he like punches you a bunch of times. There's the one where he karate chops your skull in half. Nice. Uh, there, and there's the other one where he uh, pokes uh, two sides of your heads, uh, both sides of your head with two thumbs and then they just blow up within 10 seconds. Uh, you do this in, like, a time minigame, and at first I didn't... I thought it was, like, a cutscene or something until I saw, like, the button prompt. It doesn't really change anything if you miss it, but uh, if you do manage to get that button prompt, it pretty much uh, increases your meter. where if it's full, uh, you press R2, and Kenshiro rips his shirt off and goes into a super state. Kind of like how uh, Kiryu has like all those different stances in uh, Yakuza Kiwami and Yakuza Zero and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, the the heat moves and yeah, pretty yeah. much. So yeah, those moves are pretty much uh, your heat moves. And from what I understand, they come out at random. The one I've got the most commonly is the hundred crack fist because you know that's the one with the memes. That's the most recognizable move in the show, and it is well animated. It is cool to look at, even if. The bodily explosions look kind of janky, let's be real here. But, yeah, I'm enjoying the game so far. Um, 
I'm I'm really intrigued to see where the story goes since I'm recently aware of how the first four parts go down. So, who knows? Uh, I might enjoy this one. It'd be cool. Okay. Uh, I beat Metroid Dread since the last time we were on here and easily... I've debated about saying this, but I'm going to just I'll to say it now. I think it's better than Super Metroid. Um, and that's a lot for me to say that because, as you guys know, Ty Super Craze. Metroid uh, is, like, the best. But I, in terms of, like, map exploration, control, um, and, and I'm not getting into spoilers, boss fights. These are these are the best boss fights in the franchise's history. Um, relying on old school pattern recognition and your reflexes. It don't get no better than this, like seriously. Like some might find it frustrating and hard and that's understandable and that sucks, but for me personally, it was so ever ever especially the final boss against you know who was just such a tense like I felt like I was in high school again playing I don't know, fighting some other bosses giving me shit until finally um I, I got the win. It was is so super cool. And of course the story revelation stuff is also what the f- fuck which just hinting at it is even dangerous but if you know you know and please let us not wait another fucking 20 years from metroid 6 please i understand prime they'll probably get prime 4 out of the way first before we get a metroid 6 but i have to imagine they see that the sales on this game were insanely good that they're gonna do they're gonna let mercury steam do a metroid 6 and uh, it can go anywhere now, um, based on that ending, and I'm really happy for it. But I mean, we got Prime One and Fusion on the same day, so you know. True, it's it's possible. <laughs> um, we'll have to see. Uh, I just hope Prime Four doesn't disappoint now. Um, so yeah, I don't really want to talk too much about Dread without spoilers, but let's. I'll just say again, best boss fights in the damn series, and I think it's. I like it better more. I like Super for a lot of reasons, but I think Dread is just like the complete Metroid experience and um, all that good stuff. Second uh, run, I, mean, I think, like, first run, I wasn't sure, because it went kind of slow at some points, but second run, seeing, like, a lot of the optimization and, like, you know, how it routes you in a more logical way than Super ever did, I think I Oh, yeah, for, you. Sh- for sure, yeah. Super, like, I feel like it's hard for me to dissociate that, because, like, I just know the game so well, for the most mm-hmm. part, or at least, you know, maybe not 100% completion-wise, but, like, in terms of like, how to get through stuff, it's easy for me, but, like, as a new player, I'm like, how the I rem- I got I yeah. flew back to like wait wait I'm supposed to go do what okay fine but uh, yeah like I, I said, thought I've got I was a, get- I'm working on my uh, Super Metroid video and I have a specific moment in the script where it's like you know that point when you have to power bomb the glass tunnel to get into Meridia like now it's, you don't it's have second to do. nature that's not the- like. That's it's, not so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's not the you, don't, you don't have to. That's true. Like, but yeah. there is some stuff it's, down there that you can only get to if because you can't move past the pipe if you don't. Destroy right, it. exactly. But yeah, exactly. I'm just saying, like, um, the point is, like, you know, now it's second nature to do, and it's such a cool thing to discover. But like, how did I know that as a kid? There is nothing that tells you that. Like, Other than you just power bomb the shit out of everything, which yeah, you know, that's. But that kind of stuff is like is very obtuse. Exactly. So, but yeah, yeah, dread, dread is amazing. Like, it, it, what a follow up to fucking fusion in mm-hmm. in super, uh, you know, all that good stuff. Shout out to Sam. She's back. That she's the queen of of search action games. <laughs> um, but uh, besides that, I want to thank everybody real quick for coming out for uh, my Halloween streams. Uh, we somehow beat both Resident Evil Two and Resident Evil Three in a span of one month. But also, both scenarios, 
uh, Ace Scenarios with Claire and Leon. I think Resident Evil 2 is, like, seriously now one of my favorite games of all time, at least the remake. It's so... F- even if, like, it was sc- it had the right balance of action and horror and great control and puzzles. Like, it was just... It was it was perfect. It's possibly the best Resident Evil game I've played. And that's somebody who says a lot about who, who loves Resident Evil 4 the most. So, if Resident Evil 4 Remake does happen... Okay, which it probably will, because the VR thing is doing pretty well, apparently. If the VR thing is kind of cool. Yeah, I've seen it. It looks it looks dumb fun, but I won't play it because of money and yeah. space and uh, head issues. But um, if RE4 gets the same treatment as this game did, and it should because it's RE4, then yeah, I'll, I'll be down for an RE4 remake. Uh, but I did play RE3, and I remember a lot of people very, being very critical about it, but I... I don't know if we played different games. I enjoyed my time on RE3. It wasn't as long, obviously, and probably doesn't offer as much in terms of replay value. But I had a lot of fun. Nemesis, while not as nearly as scary in terms of like that he can appear everywhere, when that fucker's there, that fucker's there. He does not mm-hmm. stop. He he's on your ass. He jumps in front of you. So like, yeah, those are like. I guarantee you, people. I I think people who are asking for him to be like Mister X, where he can be wherever. No, you don't want that. That's awful. Are you kidding me? Where he can just show up wherever? No. Um, granted, now like on future playthroughs, that loses. Okay, Mister. Okay, he's gonna appear here, but that first run against him and understanding like why. My friend, two of my friends, I believe, were at least one of them was traumatized by Nemesis in the original game. So like I and playing this version where that fucker will just appear out of nowhere. It's so terrifying, but I, I generally had a good time. The only thing I complain about is that like there's a whole section where you play as Carlos and not as Jill, and I would have preferred to play as Jill more. Carlos is a fine character; I think he's cool. Um, he tries to flirt with Jill. Back away, Jill's mine. Um, you know, but like I would have preferred Jill. And I like, and unfortunately, I can't compare it to the original because I never played it. So, but I know it cut like some content that was in the original game that was not in the remake so that that kind of sucks in that standpoint if you know it but technically i'm not missing anything so i'm not worried about it um not as good a resident evil 2 remake but i definitely enjoyed my time resident evil 3 for sure nemesis is a terrifying thing to fight against um uh what else so i've been um in a mood to play an rpg because i'm an insane person um but i was i was gonna start another run of trials of mana on the collection of mana the super nintendo version because it's been over over at least a year since i've played that to beat that first run and i still consider it right up there with chrono trigger just that one playthrough but i started and i'm like mm, am i ready to deal with old old school bullshit shenanigans today mm, not really so i popped in the remake trials of mana the the uh, the remake the remake uh, that i bought almost a year ago i think a little after thanksgiving and I am running with uh, Rise as my lead. She's the Valkyrie. Hawkeye as my secondary. And Shuawit, ooh, well, we have to find we have to find your brother Elliot. Yeah, so I'm I'm running as the Wu girl. Oh, no. And like, she's not as bad as like it's not nearly as annoying. She actually manages to, to me at least. Maybe I'm just nulled to the uh, to the Wu, but to me she sounds um, perfect. Like it's just occasional words that like okay, that's fine. Uh, but it's definitely a budget game. Like, there's no <laughs> denying that about Trials of Mana. But it has enough charm to it, and enough, and the battle system feels fun to play as. Um, it, it's it's it's. I'm trying to. It's hard for me to compare like both the remake and this because it's been so long since I played 
the uh, the remake. But I'm having a good time with it. It's easy to switch between characters. I think I famously said that I didn't know you could switch between characters in Trials of Mana. Because the game never told you. I guess you're supposed to read it in the manual, but I never did. Or even in the digital manual. Uh, I, I like it. Um, it definitely moves a lot faster. Because I remember certain points in Trials of Mana, the original one, I was like... I was like, okay, we're finally here. And in this game, I'm like, wait, I'm already here? Shit. <laughs> what What the hell? Uh, it just Maybe it's because technically this is a second playthrough um, of just of a newer version of the game. Because it's almost the same game beat for beat. The locations even feel the same. Um, like, it's really cool. Like, I remember how these locations looked in their 2D versions to see them now in 3D. Um, I still love... My favorite track, though, is, still, is intact. And the remix is great when you're going up to find... The Wind Elemental. It's such a good little piece of me, uh, piece of music. But uh, I've officially uh, upgraded all my characters to their second classes. So they're all there. Um, I think I got 10 more levels to get them to their third class. And then I got to find their items to do it for. Um, but I... I it, God, it's... It, if if you are intimidated by the old schoolness of Trials of Mana... Because I won't lie, especially towards the end game, it kind of gets a little grindy in terms of getting the right class, the classes you want. And some of the menus can be feel a little too obtuse... This one is more streamlined, more laid out. Everything feels more fun. It, there's a, there's a, there's, you can have, a, if you're a person who doesn't get, who gets lost as easily, there's a, there's a star system that will tell you exactly go over here. But you, if you don't like that, you can turn it off and you can just go about your own business. Um, and the last thing I did was left off. Um, I just found I'm at the uh, ice uh, area. Uh, going after the ice elemental because now I have the turtle that can take me everywhere across the world. So I'm getting closer to the uh, the big second half of the game where you're going uh, going across the world fighting the eight uh, Bedo- Benedovins, whatever they're called, uh, the, the the big magical monsters. Um, so I'm interested to see how those work. But um, I know when I play Trials of Mana on the SNES. Uh, the game really started to get fun until you got like the second deeper into the second class and even the third class. That's when that game got really fun. So I'm looking forward to exploring that when that happens. Um, and this one already has a little more, bit more depth to the combat and stuff, so it'd be interesting to I see. I mean, I wouldn't call it I wouldn't call it deep. You're doing pretty much AAAX. You know, you can you can charge your attack to break a shield. I wouldn't call it deep. You can jump um, an attack to knock them down to the ground. That's that's I wouldn't call that deep. Um, it's it's, saying it's it more. works. It's it well like it works in terms of transitioning from that sort of combat system to keep it somewhat familiar. It works. I wouldn't call it deep, but it's fun. It's fun to do. Trust me. I just because I don't call it deep doesn't mean it's not fun. It, I love doing that. Especially my favorite is there's a, a if you just press A and X, um, it pretty much knocks the opponent away, prevents them from attacking if you time it right, which I find so so fun to do because they just go flying. Ah! Um, but it, it's great and it's fun recognizing the enemies I knew from, uh, from the old version and realizing what they're going to do. And the game tells you they're going to hit you with this trajectory. But even if you see that doesn't mean you're going to be able to dodge it because all it comes down to timing. So, so far. And, and I looked at the footage of the comparison between the secret of mana remake and its original game. And you guys know how I feel about secret of mana and like, God, that remake is not, that remake did not look good and it didn't sound good. So look, I'm glad Trials uh, is getting got the better remake. Again, it's clearly budgeted. And I can clearly see where they use Dragon Quest XI uh, assets for a lot <laughs> of the towns and lot. That's fine with me. Fine, do whatever you got to do to get the game out. Um, the only real complaint I have of it is the voice acting is not good at all. Um, and I, I've been playing it in English because sometimes I'll look away from the screen and I don't want to have to fucking like wait. What did she say? Because if I have it in Japanese, so. And, like, Hawkeye sounds fine. He's, you know, he's, like, the debonair, like, kind of carefree guy. 
Uh, Rise is the only problem so far in that she sounds super stiff. She's like, this is pretty much her. Well, what if we go into the Wind Temple to find, like, she sounds, and I don't know if she's trying to be like, like that, I don't know what the goal is, honestly. Like, it, she just sounds really stiff, and like, she's slowly reading her lines, and it just, it's just crazy. Like Hillary uh, Swank from The Next Karate Kid. I mean, uh, I would you, say, you say she's the only problem, but you have Charlotte on your team. So Charlotte's not bad. Charlotte is well voice acted for what she's given. It's just annoying to you. That's different. Like I could believe this is like I think she's the best one, honestly, because you could believe like yeah, this is a small a, a little person talking. Like you just because you find the uwu annoying doesn't mean the uwu is bad. Uh, you just you're just denying the uwu inside of you, and to deny the uwu inside of you is a foolishness. So you don't, don't deny like the uwu. The uwu, Justin. I can exactly. stop this stream at any time. Don't <laughs> ask me. So like, Charlotte is the best voice actress by far because like she does it to where it's not annoying, but I can also still understand her. It's just certain words, like mostly like the w's and stuff like that. We have to go find our way. Like it's it's she's a cartoon character for all intents and purposes. She's also the most fun. To play as for me in terms of melee combat, uh, she just gets a big flail. Just she like her second level, uh, her second big move she gets after she gets a class change. She pretty much just goes Santa Hedgehog around people and just run and just rams right into whoever's closest. And it's never not funny. It's never not funny. Um, give, tra- give trials, Rama, uh, Rama. Give trials of Mana remake a shot. Uh, uh, um, I don't know how it runs on their platforms. It runs okay on Switch. There are definitely moments where, like, especially when you get a lot of enemies on screen, you can definitely see the frame rate. Not go significantly down, but it definitely drops. Um, but I love it so far. It's it's fan-fucking-tastic. I'm probably going to do... I probably want... I want to do another run-through of it um, uh, right after I'm done with... Uh, the only ca- character I haven't technically played as is Kevin, the... Uh, the, the, the um, Lycanthrope. Um, yeah, that's his name, Kevin, I know. I know, just, uh, just a, a you have, beast you have man Kevin. You have Angela, Duran, uh, Reese, Charlotte, Hawkeye, Kevin. Yep. Like, like the the localization team is great, and then they get Kevin. Somebody, <laughs> somebody won the office pool that day to get him to be named as Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Um. So yeah, that's pretty much all I've been um I've been talking about. I've been uh playing, um, you know. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and go into a commercial break. We'll be right back and we'll discuss the news. Alright, hello everybody, welcome back to the Charge Shot Games Cast. It's time to talk about the news, and in between then, um, we got some pretty good stuff to talk about. Uh, starting with Animal Crossing, uh, which is getting its final update of of the of ever like this is it they're not updating the game anymore um and let's just go ahead and run down through it it's final uh, free update of, final free major, update free major uh, update yeah well i'll get into that at the end um what the other thing is uh, so let's go ahead and break this down a little bit as i skim through the video because this article i pulled up is not helping uh the first big <laughs> thing that's coming is brewster uh which i think got data mine or at least hinted at very heavily uh, early on, and it's based... I don't know who Brewster is. I think he's an Animal Crossing character. Um, he's from obviously. the 3DS game. Uh, he runs a coffee okay. shop. He's okay, an and and so basically you can invite your friends, and and you can invite your... Or not, DS. 
you can invite your friends and other villagers with those amiibo cards or amiibos to come have coffee with you. And it's actually a nice, pleasant atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a coffee person, but I do love uh, coffee shops, just their aesthetic. Uh, you can invite Isabella will even show up from time to time. Like uh, Villagers will uh, come in randomly. Um, so there's that very cool aesthetic. And you can have tea like, There's not much to your... it, but it's a good way to like give gifts and stuff if you invite someone over yeah. and have something for them. Exactly. And then uh, the next kind of big thing is this guy called Kappen, who is a Kappa. Um, and it's pretty much a way to go to new exotic islands that are completely different than, say, if you use your Nook Miles. Um, and he's at the dock. I think the, the way I understood it is that he's going to be at the dock no matter what. He's always just going to be there. You can go whenever you want. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's cool. That was cool. a thing in the 3DS game as well. Oh, that's yeah, cool. he's, he's like huh. an OG. Um, but he mostly was from, I think, uh, Wild World, like the, the no, City the, Folk, sorry, the, th- the Wii the, one. Yeah, that's the city, yeah, that's City Folk. Yeah, uh, where, like, you were at the city and he would take you to, like, other, um, not islands, but, like, other towns. And this, that's kind of where, like, his, his stuff came uh, his functionality came in. There was like a little bit that he did before that, but nothing major. And it seems like they've also got like some of the mobile stuff involved too with the campers and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so after that, um, the uh, Harvey, who was introduced, I think in the summer of 2020 as an update. And a lot of people were disappointed with that. Cause I think it was just like a wedding photography kind of thing. I think I went to the Island once when it first came out and like now he got like a whole new thing. It's basically like a whole new merchant Island with a whole bunch of new stuff. The able, the, the sheep sisters are there. The blue and the red one are there. Um, he's basically and, making his own hippie commune. Yeah. The, yeah. There's trailers and everything with a whole bunch of new stuff. Um, so, so there's that. So cool for that. And then more, more stuff to get new stuff. Uh, lastly, they showed some uh, more functions. You can actually participate with your villagers. You can do yoga poses in the morning in the town hall. If now you can create your own cult in Animal Crossing, how adorable! Um, like you can like move the Joy-Con and like actually yeah. do yoga. Yeah, you That's can do yoga cool with. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna get to that, um, and it's it's really cool. Um, and Isabel joins and Brewster joins, so I wish Tom Nook would join. That would be neat. Um, you might. Uh, you just have and, to put down a down payment. Uh, they also increased max storage capacity from uh, four thousand to I think five to five or twenty four hundred to five thousand. Um, there's going to be a lot more uh, DIY uh, stuff in the Nook store. Uh, in addition to that, uh, coming uh, similar with the with the Nook stuff, uh, you can now cook in Animal Crossing thanks to DIY re- recipes. So you can grow crops and then like make make shit, you know, which I think a lot of people have been wanting um or at least been missing i don't know i'm not an animal crossing veteran um there's also a few other like little things that they added from past games like the ordinances um which was a big thing when you were mayor because you like if if there were certain characters that were you never saw you could change it so like you know if you only play in the morning all of the characters are lively in the morning so that you're sure to see them like during your playtime um right exactly and uh, they also added a lot more like exteriors and things like that for your house yeah, but, they're, yeah. They're, they're adding they're adding new hairstyles or you can actually use your pat- patterns that you've created in multiple areas um they, they've, they've added a whole bunch of other stuff um there's more kk slider music coming along um 
Uh, there, there's, I think even the, the Nook kids are going to get more stuff at their shop. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the funny ones I saw was a gaming PC with the monitors and everything, which I found mm-hmm. so funny. Um, That's hilarious. You can uh, uh, hang things on the ceiling now? Yeah. Like uh, accent walls? Per- you can permanently place ladders anywhere on the island, which I'm like, thank God, because yeah. I didn't mind placing ladder whenever I had to go up somewhere. But like just being like, okay, the ladder's just going to be here. That's cool. Um, it's just another thing to keep in your inventory that isn't really worth it. Yeah. yeah. Especially after you're done like sort of renovating your island and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, you can also um, – oh, there's, so, there's, there's like so, much, there's so much stuff here. There's a ton of um, things. It kind of makes me want to play the, again, honestly. Yeah, it, yeah, a lot. Yeah, probably will. I won't go as hardcore as I was, but like every once in a while, like let me just pop it in. Let me just walk around or something like that. I love and the that's new going... pro camera though. Like, yeah, yeah. So that's I, another thing. I, I had a hard time taking like getting good pictures ever. So the fact that you can like actually go into first person mode and just wander your island is really cool. Exactly. Um, and so and that's going live this week. So by the time this episode's out, the update will be live and it's free. It'll be the last free update, mm-hmm. but. Uh, we do have some paid DLC coming out, um, and it's pretty much you're gonna go to work, and it's called Animal Crossing Happy Home Paradise. So I think this was a uh, this is a like uh, taken from an idea from the 3DS game Happy Home Designer, I believe, yeah. where pretty much you designed houses for villagers. This one, this it's basically it's all it's might as well be its own game in my opinion, um, based on how much you do. Damn, it is. Uh, you will design your vill- vill- random villagers' uh, ideal vacation home, and it it runs the gamut. Uh, you're basically an event organizer, and you're building their ideal house um, and designing their rooms, designing their aesthetic according to what they want. Um, you're designing, designing the entire island they live on. Pretty much, it's and they show off some of the some of the examples of it, and it's. It's insane uh, the, the amount of stuff that you can do in here, um, uh, and of course the, the the depth that you could put you could go into making these islands, and you can wipe stuff down, which is I, I found that amusing. Yeah, that that's a feature. But also, uh, like totally- you you don't have to like craft all the stuff, and like you know you don't have to deal with all that minutia of it. You yeah. just pull from the catalog and drop things in. Like it yeah. feels more like The Sims than yeah. what you've ba- and you, been able yeah, to do so far in Animal Crossing. Yeah, and you like create your own. You can create your own school, your own businesses. You can create hospitals. You're basically creating your own little town here. Um, mm-hmm. It's amazing to me that this is only DLC and not like its own game. Like it's it's just crazy to me. Um, totally makes sense sh- that it's paid. Yeah, <laughs> um, there's there's a lot here, um, and in, in fact, designs and patterns that you get from this game. You can then take back into the base game and use them at home. I even think you can take villagers that you run into here, uh, they, like or villagers that you know will want to go to the vacation home. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's neat that they may or they might want to go away. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy, and that's also launching this week for the price of twenty four ninety nine. But, as I give Justin time to transition to the Nintendo Switch Online. Oh, I did want to say real quick, I also really like the new little Kinkajou uh, character that, like, walks you around the all the event planning and stuff. I think he's a totally new character. I don't know. He's really cute. The little monkey guy. In oh, case yeah, you don't know yeah, who yeah. Kinkajou is. 
Okay, and are we ready for the, the, the bad news of this, though? Yeah. Okay, so we have, in between that, Nintendo stealthily dropped the first trailer for, the first hint of the uh, expansion pack, which includes both Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis games we talked about before. Um, and it said the price initially for that will be for everybody speculated, okay, it's 20 bucks a year for the regular one. It'll probably be 30 35 maybe 40 bucks a year. No, it is fifty dollars a year for a single uh, for the single expansion that is with both combining the original twenty dollar one. So it's basically thirty dollar thirty dollars more, um, or eighty dollars for a family plan um, to get all of it. Um, and also the caveat is that it, it, if you get the expansion pack, you will get the Hap- Animal Crossing um, Happy Home. Uh, Happy Home Paradise DLC with it. Although the caveat is, if your membership stops, you lose the DLC because that's how it works. Um, um, and they showed us some of the games. They showed off Dr. Mario, Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, um, obviously four-player. And they showed some games that are coming t- into the future, which are both Majora's Mask, Banjo-Kazooie, all things, uh, Paper Mario, um, and F-Zero X, Kirby and the Christmas Shards, um, and all that good stuff. Right now, I think there's like six titles, maybe nine titles on the Nintendo 64 online. Um, so there's that there. Um, and of course the Genesis games on there are in there as well. Ah, uh, that's, that's a lot to take in. Am I right? Yeah. Pretty um, much a lot to spend. Too. I'm probably the only one that doesn't really see a problem with this, huh? I mean, like I, I did it because I signed up for a family plan with other people. So I only pay 10 bucks. So, but yeah, well, like I, I don't think fifty dollars a year is that much. Like I, if it's I, if I it mean, was just if it was just the ROMs, I would me personally, I would say it's a lot. But if if the if the plan for Nintendo is to include game DLC with this, I'm okay with it because yeah, like, if you're doing getting, like one thing a year, like not no, it should be more than one thing a year, like at least one. Well, no, look at it, like it's it's basically thirty dollars more than the base. And Happy Home Paradise is a $25 DLC. And you get it free. Uh, so, and, right. that covers it. <laughs> I would, if you're in the Animal Crossing, if you're not in Animal Crossing, then you're kind of like, well, I'm just paying, what am I, I'm paying 30 bucks for, an extra $30 for the ROMs, I guess? Like, to, that's to me, it's like, it can't, if they're gonna keep doing DLC, for, like, like, who knows if they will or not, um... Also, they're going to add more stuff too, though. There's been data, uh, data mines right. of like how Game Boy often and Game Boy is the big question. And... That's the problem. What's the drip going to be like? Because we've seen what the drip is for SNES and NES games. It, True. It's been abysmal. Um, some of the more but popular also, Super like, Nintendo games are on there. I personally think when it was twenty dollars a year, that was nothing. Like they couldn't really do anything with that. And it was basically just like, oh, well, we should probably charge something for our online because we're doing more with it now. But, like, the other, you know, like, uh, PlayStation Plus and especially, you know, Game Pass, they're still more expensive than this. And, yeah, you get monthly games and stuff like that. But, like, again, how often do you actually care about those? Like, lately, the PlayStation Plus offerings have been abysmal. Yeah. Um. So it's that concept of... Urgh, Weasley. Um, it's that concept of like it's your value proposition, which is you know obviously going to be subjective. 
but also like what else is being offered aside from just the free games. And if you're just factoring in like the cost of, you know, playing online, I don't think $20 was enough. $20 a year. I should I I got to remind. Um so I think 50 is reasonable like just for the, you know, the online and then the ability to play those old games like they never go away whereas like the playstation plus and stuff if you don't get them that month they're gone they're like gone. you can't go back yeah. and get them this is more like a you know netflix model where it's like it's all their original programming and it's always there um so no matter when you join you always have those and then you know they keep adding more um and just the novelty of playing some of those old games online especially like with n64 games like i'm super excited to eventually um play mario kart 64 online with people because again it's just not the same with like net play services as it is you know natively so that kind of stuff like it's awesome i'll pay 50 dollars a year for it i don't care right and here is where and this is all subject to personal things there have been reports of by multiple people that the n64 emulation is all kinds of fuck depending on who you're talking about um it's not amazing it's it's yeah it's 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 rough let's put it let's put it let's not put it lightly um uh again just to go example example um mario 64 uh presents an issue in which players can't save ghost data that means there's no support for the controller pack which lets players save in titles and have cartridges without battery pack memory uh this version of mario 64 doesn't uh doesn't appear to have changed the support via other means um legends of the ocarina of time uh is be, it lacks being able to say games both Super Mario 64 uh, face input lag with one possibly being worse than the other. That's To me, that's a subjective thing. I think I, I play Ocarina of Time for a few minutes and I didn't really notice anything. Um, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I played Mario months. 64. I forgot to mention this during the game, so I wanted to bring it up now. I played Mario 64, Sin and Punishment, and a little bit of Yoshi's story like before I had my N64 controller. So like the controls were all kind of messed up and I didn't understand it. Um but i mean all of those games played very well um i didn't play online or anything it was just me you know with an actual n64 controller like it was just the nostalgia hit i honestly forgot how to hold an n64 controller well there's also been people having visual glitches and um the fog like the like a lot of like some of the fog is gone some of the rumble doesn't work in certain things um like yeah. it doesn't seem like the emulation is granted n64 emulation is rough anyways yeah but yeah. for it to be in this state as it is for an extra 30 bucks asking some people to pay 30 bucks for it that's not ideal fair and you'd think if anyone could get n64 emulation right it would be nintendo but they still can't for some reason um but the one thing i will say that bothers me is the lack of any kind of uh, controller customization. Um, Nintendo continues to have issues with just accessibility options in general. And I don't understand why with, you know, such a weird system in the first place. Like if you don't get one of their N64 controllers, shut off, shut off, shut off. You just have to deal with the weird weird controls that they have mapped to whatever, you know, Switch Pro Controller or whatever. And it's not great. And similarly, like, if you try to play, let's say, you know, Mario 64 on the Mario 3D All-Stars pack, you can pair the N64 controller. Like, you can use it technically with any game, but playing that emulated N64 game 
through the Switch, you can't modify the controls to match the N64 controls. It just uses the N64 controller as a pro controller, and you that's don't have all weird. the buttons available. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really weird. Because they added like the the ZR, and then the home and uh, capture buttons, but that's it. Like, there's still no select. You know, there's no ZL. Um, there's like the C buttons are just C buttons, so there's technically no X and Y. Like. It's it's a weird thing where really like you can use the N sixty four controller for N sixty four games, or do a convoluted thing to like pair it to your PC and use it there with a lot more customization options. But you can't just like use it with ported N sixty four games like you know Mario sixty four. I don't know if there's any others. Honestly, it's probably a non issue, but that's just one of those weird things that Nintendo is super behind on accessibility, and it bothers me. Tyler? But the service itself, I think, is fine. Like, I mean, it's not perfect, but again, it's fifty it's, bucks it's a year. A, it's a lot to ask for somebody when they when number one, the emulation isn't great. Genesis stuff is phenomenal because it's M two probably doing the port stuff, so Genesis works great. Tyler, you sure. and I are doing Streets of Rage two at some point. Um, yes, I'll uh, definitely get. I I tried to play a few of the Genesis games and I just didn't really understand them. Like, I don't know enough about the system. It's most of them are beat 'em ups. Like, like they're not. Sim- they're simpler games in the Super Nintendo. I'll, yeah. I'll coach you through them one day, buddy. I tried um, um, Shining Force. Well, that's and... a strategy. That's Fire Emblem. That's their Fire Emblem. I got real mistake. confused when it got into the battle. Yeah, um, Tyler. Uh, yeah. Uh, the model definitely isn't for me, especially since I own an N sixty four. Like, it still works, and I have all most of the games that uh, are offered on the service, so I don't see myself uh, paying the extra 30 bucks for uh, the expansion or anything. Uh, but if the DLC for Animal Crossing uh, is as cool as it looks in the trailer, then I'll happily pay for that on its own. But as for the actual expansion, I'm probably not going to double dip on that. Okay, It's Fair a hard enough. pass for me. Fair enough. Uh, wow, Shark Tank reference. Um, nice. Um, so yeah, it's out there again. If you want, like, I'll. I honestly want. I I want them to put DK sixty four on there because I really want to play DK sixty four for some goddamn reason. We'll I really want to play DK sixty four multiplayer online. Um, That'd be cool. <laughs> you will be alone in that instance. It's um, so good though that you remember. I don't. No, know. No, it is. I've I've like you know you can play it on Wii U. So like I actually had played it like in the last few years. It's still good. Rather not. Okay. Um, Whatever. Uh, let's go on to talk about some NFT boys. <laughs> NFTs. Uh, and this is good news. Valve bans blockchain, crypto, and NFT games from Steam. But, of course, Epic Games is on board. Uh, Valve has banned all blockchain games from Steam. The developer of Age of Rust, a blockchain game that uses NFTs, took Twitter to say that it had been notified that Steam will be kicking all blockchain games off the platform, including Age of Rust. Because NFTs have value. Valve's rules for what can be distributed on Steam now include a note to say it's apps built on blockchain technology that issue or allow exchange of cryptocurrencies or NFTs shouldn't be published. Age of Rust contains puzzles, some of which give players an NFT or a non-fungible token as an achievement. 
Uh, NFTs are designed to, as a r- record on a cryptocurrency blockchain that represents pieces of digital media. They have provided highly controversial, been linked to scams, and are seen as a disaster for the environment. They are. Uh, NFTs have exploded since last year with a number of people trying to sell their memes for millions. Um, Seat's point of view is that items have value and that they don't allow items that can have real-world value on their platform, uh, Space Pirate Games developer uh, HBRS said. While I respect their choice, um, I fundamentally believe that NFT and blockchain games are the future. It's why I started to value. all of you. Um, so pretty much, yeah. Um, but also, doesn't Steam allow you to like sell the like the Steam cards you get from games and stuff? Playing Devil, playing yeah, Devil's but, yeah, but they're like four cents a piece or something. I mean, sometimes you can get more. Like, granted, it just goes into your Steam wallet, so it's different. But I'm just saying, like, I'm not even playing Devil's Advocate. I think NFTs are stupid. But Steam's point of view is that items have value, and they don't allow items that have real-world value on their platform. So are they arguing that? Selling the Steam cards doesn't have real world value because it's only your Steam wallet. Probably like, is that that's where they draw the line. I think that's probably where it is. Yeah. Steam has a lot of problems. Steam has yeah. a lot of problems. Like let's, we're not gonna sugarcoat that aspect, but the fact that they're not gonna pull up, put up with bullshit NFT stuff, which is just one big fucking scam that the now multi-millionaire companies are falling for. Great. Um, that's one less thing I have to worry yeah. about on Steam. I've been watching some stuff with the Adobe Max conference the last few days, um, like basically talking about their new products and new features to their programs and stuff. And they apparently have gone all in on like allowing you to um, turn your artwork into NFTs with like the click of a button and like Photoshop and Illustrator and stuff. And I was just like, this is really what you spent your development time on, like Mm -hmm. allowing people to quickly export NFTs. I don't understand. It's it's NFT. <sighs> fuck NFTs. Fuck NFTs. I want that known. Fuck NFTs. Mm-mm. Like, uh, um, granted, I don't understand them anyway. Like, they're they're up there with cryptocurrencies. I just I don't get it. It's but... all a myth. It's all a scam. That's not real. That's that's all it is. Like, oh, it might. Oh, I my shoot my fucking Dogecoin. Like, you sound like a fucking idiot. You sound like a five year old talking about their fake best friend. Stop it. Seriously, <laughs> I I don't like cryptocurrency. I don't. I think it's dumb. Yeah, it's fake money doesn't exist. Um, okay, let's let's uh, move on to some more entity shit because I couldn't help myself. Uh, I don't know if this has been removed or not, but, uh... Nope, they're adding to it. Yeah, Behavior, uh, uh, this is from their Twitter account. Um, Behavior worked with Boss Protocols often several months to adapt in-game models for use as NFTs and approve them prior to release of Pinhead and Dead by Daylight. The NFTs have a high chance to grant access to Hellraiser chapter of Dead by Daylight. So, yeah, they're gonna put Hellraiser NFTs in Dead by Daylight. Probably not on the Steam version anymore, um... I would imagine, but like, it's just it's just fucking stupid well, at this point. Technically, they are adapting existing in-game models as NFTs, and if you get those, you can earn access to the Hellraiser chapter without paying for it. Basically, so it's like NFTs as like using NFTs as a micro trend, micro currency for the DLC chapter. Just, just pay for the DLC, guys. Just fucking pay for the DLC. Yeah, like it's still really you... dumb. I just wanted to clarify that. It sounds more convoluted. I know Power Rangers are doing that same shit where, like, you can get 
a NFT and redeem that for like a Megazord or some shit like that. I know that's happening. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's just I hate NFTs, man. Um, fuck NFTs. Stop ruining the planet for your fucking fake bullshit. I'm sorry. Okay, that's all. That's all I got to say on that one. Tyler, do you have anything to say about NFTs? Um, no, but I do have something to say about behavior. Did you know that they uh, that their company name uh, used to be A2M? But they had to change it back to behavior because they learned that A2M is an acronym for assed mouth. <laughs> That's it's hilarious. fitting for how garbage of a company they are. Yeah. So uh, now we're going to move on to a Kotaku article where they – this is two Kotaku, Kotaku articles in a row where they oh, just wait. find themselves over hot water about uh, Metroid Dread um, in uh, that – I didn't – Dear that Metroid that. Dread, Samus says I need to be an emotionless robot to be badass – um, and this is pretty much uh, an article about how Samus needs to have more personality, how she needs to talk more. Um, but per, I'm trying to find the quote. Um, and it says that uh, Samus is such a stereotypical badass symmetry that she doesn't even drop the actor in loading screens while transitioning from area to area to the game. She should be the little scenes of Samus right in the elevator, sending a train car floating through the space she teleports. They're really cold the first few times watching Samus stand emotionally uh, for several minutes. Um, not fidgeting or checking your weapons, she just ends up awkwardly funny. Um, this is part of the story where I find I get dangerously close to complimenting Metro Other M, so say yourself. <sighs> okay. Um, Metro Other M, for all its faults, is something no previous installment dared by giving Samus an actual personality. The rest of the game was pretty misogynistic in its portrayal of, the, of, it, of this newfound personality. Don't even get me started on the various heat protection scene. Samus' reactions to seeing Ridley's clone was one aspect of the plot, despite similar criticism that always rang true to me. Her brief moment of pain upon seeing the horrific monster who killed her family seeming revived made sense, even within the context of their many other battles. Um, wow, those are the spoilers this, in this article. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm skipping down to like the, the, the quote stuff versus like talking about the dread stuff. Yeah. Um, more importantly, this encounter made Samus feel like a... Real person rather than a robotic alien kill machine. Bravery doesn't exist in a vacuum, fearing someone, something, and it does. Uh, doing, doing it in a way is definitely discouraged. That Samus was previously suffering intense stability and drama from her past and still managed to fight really. Bathed every previous encounter between the longtime foes in a new light and made all the more heroic in my eyes. I certainly couldn't say the rest of Other M, but this small scene could always stand on its own. Metroid Dread is a fantastic game that is otherwise better or worse. was like a direct uh, response to the backlash against Metroid Other M and its handling of Samus. Uh, personality, which I love, watching your face sound a roaring crate in dread about so much as flinching and then unloading the creature's scaly face. Sorry, that's a spoiler. Um, I was less impressed with how she's characterized in the game, quiet moments, and even just a few animations of her tinkering with her equipment or examining her surroundings during the brief loading screens would have gone a long way. Um, handle, handled better Samus's meeting with the with this person. Um, yeah, so I think there was a quote in there. I, I'm, I was trying to find the quote that was basically that like that Samus should smile more. Oh no! Yeah, that like I know there. I know I, I read that quote in there, um, and that like it basically Samus needs to talk and you don't even how see do, her mouth. Yeah, how she to, express right? this with her eyes? Yeah, how do how do we feel about this, guys? I don't understand why this article needed to exist, um, but it's also extremely wrong. She shows a lot of emotion over the course of the game if you're paying attention. Right from it's just it, it's not female emotion you know, like it's, it's not that stereotypical like i i you know, thought about you should smile more concept yeah I, I thought about this is that no i don't remember articles like this coming up with doom slayer 
another mm. character who's in a mask and doesn't talk. Right. And it's pretty much just versus Samus is quiet and a badass. Doomslayer is very much angry and a badass. So maybe, um, you know, like I like it. It feels weird. Like we know, like it, it, it. As Thomas says in the chat, it's like fake wokeness. It's like it doesn't. It it just like why like like we love Samus because she's the silent badass. Yeah, like that's why we love her. And other M was a. As, as this own writer pointed out, it was disastrous because of what it, it took the characterizations of, um, uh, of that by you know making her submissive to Adam. Uh, sorry for other M spoilers, um, but also like cares? it. Dread is very true to her character. If you look at, you know, obviously she talks a lot more in Fusion. Like it's all inner monologue, but you know, there's a lot of personality there in those elevator scenes, and I would have liked to maybe see some of those you know, kind of walls of text during the loading screens here. Like when she's riding an elevator, have some text on screen or something like that. But like very light spoilers. The one time she says something in dread, it's like, Oh, like that's awesome because it's so rare. Like it's that idea of, you know, you don't really give her a voice. Like she has, she has thoughts. She's, you know, she's not totally stoic she has a personality but she doesn't like make that a big like it's not a defining factor of her missions or whatever like she focuses on the mission and she follows orders when she's supposed to but she also knows you know when to to break off and um and just wreck shop there are a few moments in the story when i'm like she probably shouldn't be so casual about this right oh, now. I found the quote. Um, here's uh, I would expect someone in the position to let her guard down or break, ask a few questions, maybe even maybe even crack a smile. But no, Samus is around, Samus around, Samus around, called the monster unfazed. So yeah, crack a smile. I mean, like when that that like even if you don't mean like telling a woman to smile, you're effectively telling Samus to smile. You're pretty. Yeah. Or in the, like like. <sighs> I don't. But like I said, she expresses with her eyes, so you don't yeah. see her mouth to smile. No. Like she might be. I guarantee. After she's this is in all the trailers and everything. After she spins through the dead Corpius's tail and lands in a badass hero pose, she's probably smiling. Yeah, because <laughs> that's really I cool. That'd be the case. Yeah, she's cool and she knows it. Right. Yeah. And, and also, like, Samus is very much, like, in the Link aspect of all, is that, like, he is, she is a substitute for us to how, like, we want to feel. So instead mm-hmm. of her feeling that, it's how we feel. But Sam Samus is probably just, like, the, mis- the mission is important character. And that's, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. And I think because of her stoicness, like, her, her kind of, you know, introversion, so you don't necessarily know what's going on in her head, those moments when she does snap mean more because it's a surprise to see her react like that. Whereas in, in other M it's like, you're always getting an, an inner monologue on her inner head. So it's like, you know what she's going to do before she even does it because she's talked about it the entire game. I don't know. Yeah. I thought dread was a very good, uh, Oh yeah. Like, um, insight sure. into her character and her history and like the lore of the series as a whole. Yeah, in I wouldn't have changed being, anything about that side of it. Yeah, in addition to being a really good game, it's the best narrative Metroid 
2D mm-hmm. ever in terms of how it incorporates its entire the entire game's 2D lore. So, yeah, yeah, Kotaku's stupid. Tyler, so dumb. Yeah, I pretty much got nothing on this. Okay. So, uh, Concerned Ape, who you may recognize as the people behind... A person. I think it's a person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it, a, is it a dev team? I can't remember anymore. Um, uh, it's one guy. He's got, like, help, but... Okay. Uh, but famously launched Stardew Valley, which took over the world by storm. Um, praised by a lot of people. It was all it was everybody's YouTube thumbnails for like two months. Uh, has a new game coming out uh, called Haunted Chocolatier. Um, and it pretty much looks to be in the... Correct me if I'm wrong, Justin, because I'm kind of just going over the trailer. In the same vein of Stardew Valley, which, you know, hey, if it don't, if it don't work, don't fix it. But It looks and plays very similar, but with a lot of new or, like, you know, updated mechanics. Yes. It's set in the lot- same world. So that's why and it also looks similar. More impressive visually, in my opinion, um, especially certain aspects to it. So cool! They're moving on from Stardew Valley and making an entire new game. Um, I I actually thought it was in space because I I think one thing I saw was like, um, like the, I guess the star section. I thought it was an outer space thing, but I guess it's not. It's just you're you're uh, a chocolatier. You make mm-hmm. chocolate. Yeah, you make chocolate inside of a haunted factory, specifically. So that's cool. That's appealing to me versus just yeah. building a farm. I might try this one out over Stardew. But it's not so much the like the life sim genre as Stardew Valley was, even though it looks very similar. There's still a lot of cuties. Like, you know, there, there's similarities there, but um, you're not like, you know, raising a farm and all that stuff. Uh, it is more of an action adventure game with like, uh, like building elements. Yes. So you're a lot so, more um, what you're like saying directly customizing the things you make. We're playing Minecraft. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, like I said, it's set in the same world, has a lot of similarities, but is also kind of its own thing. Like, it's a little confusing. Because when I first saw this, I thought it was just like Stardew Valley in a different setting. But everything I've seen since is like, the gameplay is different, like... You know, it's it's got its own feel to it. It's just set in like a, a neighboring village or whatever in the same universe. All right, so that's cool. Stardew Valley fans rejoice! You got a new game to look forward to. Yeah. Okay. There's also so, already a lot of fan art of the cuties. So of course there are. Of course yeah. there is. <laughs> so uh I'm gonna so here's the initial thing. Um this is the other thing I meant to deliver to you. Here we go. I'll I'll get you the, the image. So um Warner Brothers may or may not be working and is it more than likely are working on a Super Smash Brothers clone. Um and it's leaked thanks to uh a Smash Pro player by the name of Hungrybox. Uh, he, Justin should post. Here's the uh, quickest one I could find of the oh, leaked I already, roster. I already found it. Cool. Um, so uh, yeah, and it's gonna basically have a crossover between all the characters, including, as you can see on the character select screen, um, uh, where I, I just had it. Uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, Gandalf, Batman, Harley Quinn, Finn and Jake, Shaggy, Bugs Bunny, Tom and Jerry. 
and Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty. Uh, as well as a new character created for the game. Yeah. Uh, in addition to that, there's a DLC that supposedly has been leaked, um, which, God, I'm going to laugh out loud reading this. Uh, or here's some sources are coming up about it. It looks cheap. It could be a free-to-play title. And uh, the first DLC fighter could be, wait for it, could be LeBron James. Which, if true, I'm buying this game day one just to dunk on fools. Like, we don't even know it's a Smash game, like, honestly. Literally. We don't know. We don't, like, I think there's been speculation it's a, it's a, it could be a MOBA, it could be an arena shooter. Um, but, like... The thing, the thing that kind of annoys me though is that they said it's it looks cheap. I'm like, you're fucking Warner Brothers. You have the money um, to to pay you own like to pay these licenses to these characters that you own. Like, you know, it's like you have Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, which is you know a lot of people have a fan of, but it's cheap as fuck and it, it's evident in a lot of aspects. Yeah, and like, guys, Smash didn't get to where it's at because it fucking took. It, 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 it was cheap. It looks great. Mm-hmm. And it got all the characters that you want. Like, this is not going to get people to play. Like, maybe for, like, a week. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna dunk Gandalf into the abyss as Jake from Finn and, from Adventure Time. That sounds hilarious. And then be done with it for a while. But uh, that being said, I'm, I'm, meaning, I'm meaning Superman just to pull in every one of you fuckers for making fun of Superman all these years. I'm meaning Gandalf because... Just, just lay, lay in the smackdown on all those youngins makes me really happy. But um, LeBron James is the first DLC character. This makes me laugh so hard. So it is a Smash type game. Like all leaks have pointed okay. towards it being a, a Smash clone with like you know percentage like damage percentages and um, character play styles kind of being uh, at least rumored. But that's really all we know. Okay. And this isn't even, like, people are thinking, oh, that's such a small roster. This is not the full roster. It's either, like, going to have unlockable other characters or, you know, this is, like, the free-to-play, kind of like uh, how Killer Instinct was originally. This will be the free-to-play roster. And then all the others will either be, like, bought piecemeal or, you know, unlocked through gameplay or whatever. Yeah. And then GGPO takes it over and makes the game infinitely better. <laughs> and then they'll probably also have DLC characters on top of that. Yep, that's exactly what happened. Okay, but yeah, there's so many WB characters. Like, if this wasn't cheap, it would be really good. Yeah. Like, the, the potential of it. But I think it's just gonna play like a wet fart and end up being like a Brawl Hollow where they just dump in samey feeling characters based on licenses. Yeah. And it has a small but it's almost as if somewhat they, rabid they, fan base. They want the Smash money without putting in the Smash work. Right. Yeah, right. That's what everyone wants. They don't get no. the reason that it works. Nope. Okay. So that's in the talking about that. But yeah, uh, Hungrybox posted this on his YouTube. That's where I first figured it out. And it got taken down by Warner Brothers. So it's legit. So mm-hmm. um, in that sense. All right. So let's move on. Got a couple more pieces of news before we call it a show. This is time exposing my employer, Walmart, because fuck them. Um, (laughs) Video exposes Walmart warehouse hoarding PlayStation consoles amid supply chain issues. Um, Wow. Yeah, so obviously one of the biggest things has been the past... Oh, wow, the PS5 has been almost, what, out of year this month, right? Or year last month? 
It came out October 2020, didn't it? Or November? It came out in November. November. So we're almost a year yeah. at the PS5, and most people still can't get them. Um, uh, video, uh, one TikTok shows a storage facility at Walmart going viral. The pre-holiday shopping surge. There are rumbles and warranted warnings about supply shortages hitting retailers this year ahead of holiday season. While there has been hopeful signs that the national COVID infection rate is declining, supply chain issues have still not resumed to normal, and big-name retailers have warned that shelves will not be stocked to their full potential. Then why am I drowning in merchandise, asshole? Why am I <laughs> drowning in that shit? God, I feel like I'm going to be like a fucking supply chain truther. Where I'm like, look at this. Does it look like a fucking... Like, no. Um, obviously, it's See, I would assume they're holding them for Black Friday, which is still sleazy to do. But yeah, that yeah. happens. Like, they get in models that are specifically for that sale. Like, they have different barcode numbers and everything. You can't yeah. just put them out as normal inventory. Right. Um, I know that from when I worked at Walmart, at least. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, pretty much. It's it's. If, that as I mean, that is that is stacks on stacks. Like that's a lot of PS fives. That's a lot yeah. of PS fives, especially when they could be selling those PS fives. Um, so it, I, it's still fuck the scalpers. So this isn't about scalpers, but like, fuck you know, obviously fuck Walmart for a lot of things, but like Jesus Christ, y'all allow one per transaction. Like, don't yeah. put them on the shelf, but say you have them in stock. Yeah. You know, limited quantities. Yeah. But you can't even you can't even buy one in store. You cannot go mm-hmm. to a store and buy one. It's all ever since I think last year. It's all been online only, and I, I get that initially because of the COVID. You don't want people lining up for a console, you know. But like sure. the Switch OLED, you can buy the Switch OLED at Walmart. I know my Walmart has gotten the OLED model, so it's not impossible. Like, ah, uh, just this this is frustrating as somebody who doesn't even want a PS5, but like it's frustrating for parents who maybe wanted to get their kids a PS5, and then here here they are, and then now you can be mad at both the scalpers and and Walmart. Another reason for that, but you're still gonna shop there because it's cheap, and that's perfectly fine, and no, no reason to judge you. Um, just leave me the fuck alone while I'm stocking shit, okay? I've had a hard day. Leave me the fuck alone, okay? Um, got a couple bits of news, and then we're calling it a show. Uh, Tyler, uh, does Target have uh, a sh- uh, is the back room just filled with PS5s and X? Well, Xbox Series Xs you can find. Those are much easier to find than PS5s. Uh, I haven't seen any. Um, the ones I saw were already paid for um, because they were online uh, bought. I mean, but you hoarded one away to buy. So, yeah, <laughs> that wasn't me. That was the manager when I worked at Walmart. I know. I have no don't idea. Don't you... put that shit on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> I don't know how you pull that shit off, still, but okay. yeah. All right, let's go ahead and move on to uh, the next bit of news, uh, which is revolting around Among Us, which is very fitting. Um, this is uh, this is hilarious to us because we had literally just watched the thing last yeah. week. So obviously. And I'm going to tell y'all to stop right now. The Thing is... Per- the uh, Among Us is pretty much a big The Thing, like, homage, in which case you have one sort of person fucking it up for everybody, and you're trying to... You're all accusing each other, like, no, you did this, you did this. The Thing, if you haven't seen The Thing, go watch it, but also be prepared to be scared out of your dreams. Now, Among Us is pretty much just a leaning into that aspect, and that a new role is coming out. Uh, it might already be out, actually, by the time uh, we're talking about this. Uh, it's called the Shapeshifter. Um, Imposters! Our next major update is coming soon. Actual release date to be announced. Okay, so we don't know yet. Uh, and while a huge chunk is secret, we did reveal new roles who will be a part of it. As a little treat for being so patient, here's a peek at what the new Imposter role will be. The rest of the roles will be for crewmates only. The Shapeshifter can change their appearance and disguise themselves as other crewmates. 
do it uh, do it too well to frame other crewmates and create confusion about who the real imposter is. But watch out, disguise doesn't last forever and leaves evidence behind. Ability. The imposter can pull up a menu of all living crewmates in the game and select one to copy their appearance, uh, name, color, and cosmetic. However, the shape-shifting only lasts for the amount of time unless altered in lobby settings. Crewmates can see you midway through shape-shifting if they're within line of sight and a shift will leave evidence behind. During the meeting, the shapeshifter will appear as their original selves. Um, probability. In the game, lobby settings, you will be able to change the number and chance of an imposter to have the shapeshifter ability. You can turn off the chance of having the shapeshifter to, uh, having the shapeshift roll completely. Example, two shapeshifters with a chance, 30% chance of a shapeshifter roll appearing. Uh, shapeshift duration. How long an imposter shapeshifter after they change? Leaving, leave shapeshifter evidence, shapeshifting evidence. Whether or not there is physical evidence or a shapeshift being left in a room after the imposter morphs. Our internal playtests have already become extremely counter from this change. It's a ton of fun to guess who's who, especially when you stumble upon two crewmates in the same one uh, in the same room. Like I want to play. Meme. Um, yeah, it's it like it's like that one scene in Robot Chicken with the two Michael Jacksons fighting each other. It's it's pretty much that. Like like, but I saw you in Electrical. But I was with you in Electrical. Just to be safe, vote us both out. Exactly. Um, like that, I like because I feel like I'm like even Among Us regularly is hilarious, is fun. Like, uh, just trying to guess who's who. And now there's like a there's a, there's a by the way there's a mod out there called the Proximity Mod where you can talk with people like in the game, but as they go further away from you, they you can't hear them anymore. Um, and then nice. if you're the if you're the imposter, uh, you can hear the dead talking to you, and it's it's depending on who is uh, attacking you. It's hilarious. It's, it can be very very funny. Um. <laughs> So I think this is cool. Like I, I want to play Among Us again just to, like I should really Do think about same. doing an Among Us night or something. Um, yeah, I was just thinking we should have like a charge shot Among Us stream. Like I, I haven't played in a long time. It'd be fun. Yeah, especially probably when this comes out because that would be fun. And like yeah. I saw. T- Wait, how are you in in like in this? But I saw you over here. One of us is the imposter. We were both are like are like I saw you in two different places. How the fuck does that work? Um, so obviously leading to them thinking they're the, they're the the shapeshifter. So cool, cool on uh, the devs. I think it's Innersloth who made who's the developer. Yeah, Innersloth um, for making you know, just leaning into that thing aesthetic. Just that's very cool to me. Yay. Okay. Really creepy too uh, with the timing, considering what what we did recently. Oh yeah. All right. So uh, anything else, guys? Before we move on. Mm-mm. Uh, okay, so this is returning to YouTube gaming, and I brought this up because obviously Twitch is like, if you're gonna go to stream, you're gonna go to Twitch. Uh, YouTube has a streaming service, but mo- a lot of regular people don't view it. It's a big greeting ground for VTubers, but not necessarily regular people. But now here comes the thing that's here's coming to YouTube gaming: um, uh, gifted memberships, improved live uh, discoverability and live monetization, expanding upon clips, making it seamless with shorts and new moderation tools. Um, the the video pretty much goes over uh, like the success of YouTube gaming and like its peak viewership, its viewership all over the world. Um, I think it's cool because you know, like again, I watch some VTuber streams on YouTube and like I I won't lie, I miss some of the uh, the stuff that comes with Twitch. But the fact that they're adding this stuff to YouTube gaming, I think it's going to be great for their community. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's too little too late. Like, I mean, it's... You you can't compete with Twitch at this point. 
people that use YouTube are going to be very grateful for this change. But I don't think it's going to convert people from Twitch to YouTube. No, no, for sure. And I, I firmly believe, for, with the rare exceptions, people don't go to YouTube for live content. People go for there for scripted content. And same thing for Twitch. You can upload yeah. videos on Twitch and do Premiere Twitch. Justin, you've done a couple of them. Um, people don't go yeah, to Twitch it, it for... it never went well. <laughs> yeah, people don't go to Twitch for scripted content or like... Well, at least scripted, like recorded content, scripted live content is different. Um, yeah. They go for live content. So I... Hey, if you're a YouTube person who watches things exclusively on YouTube like I do with VTubers, uh, I don't donate any money, but I think that's that's cool. Uh, or if you make clips, I think that's cool. Um, all right. So not much to say on there. Uh, and now we have the last bit of news before we all bounce. Sega and Microsoft announced Gaming Strategic Alliance. I feel like that's like a Warcraft guild name. Yeah, right. <laughs> Am I wrong? I, I don't think I'm wrong. Um, so, some kind of, like, if you combine those words, it's like some kind of, like, Sega. I, I found out that, that, like, the name Sega was a, a shortening of two words together. And I was trying to make that joke here, but it doesn't really work, because strategic doesn't, yeah, it doesn't sound like it would. I was like, what yeah. are you going for? What are you going for? Okay, oh. um, the Sega and Microsoft have announced they have agreed to a strategic alliance, so kind of shooting down those rumors that Microsoft is going to buy Sega. Um, this could be the first step. Yeah, it could be. That will see Sega produce games built on Microsoft's Azure Cloud platform. Announcing a press release, Sega spent the agreement as part of the company's Super Game Initiative, uh, which aims... God, if you want to think of dumb names, uh, initiatives, it's Sega, which aims to create new <laughs> and innovative games focused on global online communities. The proposed alliance represents Sega looking ahead by working with Microsoft to anticipate such trends as they accelerate further in the future. They, the goal is to optimize development processes and continue to bring high-quality experience to, uh, to players using Azure Cloud technology, said Sega's statement. A similar agreement was made between Microsoft and Sony back in 2019, which also focused on the use of Azure Cloud system. Azure is Microsoft's cloud computing service. It should be noted that Azure offers a variety of software, platform, and infrastructure services. So Sega's use of Azure does not necessarily point to Sega working on games, playing in the cloud, or a cloud gaming service. The cloud is being used for many aspects of game development, including AI, and so Sega and Microsoft's partnership has many potential outcomes. So this could be the seed of many things. It- you could say it's a deadly alliance. Oh. That was rough. Um... This is kind of a, a nothing story. I put it in here because I think it's interesting with the uh, the growth of cloud computing in general. Um, kind of the <clears throat> the steps Microsoft and Amazon are taking to compete with each other. Um, because pretty much everyone that does cloud computing uses either Azure or um, uh, Amazon Web Services. I think it's what it's called. It might have a different name. But it used to be Amazon Web Services. Um, and there's a few, you know, there's a few outliers out there. But for the most part, it's those two. So Microsoft making these big money moves puts them another step ahead Amazon. And that's good because I would rather see Microsoft succeed in the gaming platform than Amazon. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, just knock Jeff Bezos down a peg. Yeah, AWS, yeah, uh, the Amazon Web Services. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, I I don't really have much to say on this. I, I like it. Just seems like they're just using this tool that micro. It, it, I guess it's a partnership. It, to me, it just sounds like they're using a service they're providing. Which I guess we'll have to see where that where that goes. It's too early to tell. I really don't want those rumors to be true. That um, 
Microsoft wants to buy Sega because no. Um, but who knows? Crazier things have happened than what we've learned. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I'm too illiterate in this to understand like the ramifications of it all. You and me both, brother. <laughs> all right, and unfortunately, we have no topic this week. We had one planned, but I couldn't get the wording right, so that's on me. We'll hold it for next week when I hopefully can't get the wording right. Uh, that is going to conclude this week's episode of Charshot Gamescast. We're back, everybody, and we're getting ready for the full holiday swing. Uh, so let's get out of here because I have to go shave this lovely beard off. Sorry, guys. Um, I thought you were going to say I have to go shit. No, well, I mean that. I won't lie that too, but I didn't want to say it. <laughs> but you added me. I I ate fried chicken before all this, and I've been holding it in. Mm. Justin, where can the people find you? You can find me. No, I I, <laughs> I was going to stretch this out. Um, you can find me if you look for Zero Score on Twitter or YouTube or Twitch. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be streaming some uh, some new Mario Party on Thursday night uh, with my friend Eve. And if anyone else would like to join us, uh, just you know, shout it out on Twitter or whatever. And then I don't. I think I put this out between episodes, but my uh, my Metroid Two video is out on YouTube. So check that out um i'm pretty proud of it please do and yeah that's pretty much it i'm kind of in a lull right now tyler you can follow me on twitter hey it's that's high check the pinned tweet to take you to my youtube channel home home of tire shoes reviews where i review old ass fighting games for your pleasure and this next episode i'm planning it doesn't get any more old ass than this i am uh doing a double review of both karate champ and Yai R Kung Fu. Back to back, the origin of fighting games right here, folks. So look forward to that. All right. Thank you. And of course, you can follow me at twitter.com slash marvelous for all things related to the marvelous one. And uh, I stream live at twitch.tv slash Iggy2814, where I stream Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, and uh, four days out of the week, all at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And here's what's coming for the month of November. Uh, this Saturday, uh, uh, well, actually, because by the time this will be out, uh, Saturdays, uh, It Takes Two is finally on Game Pass, which means Thomas and I are going to be going through It Takes Two on Saturday. So we'll be going through the emotional journey. I'm probably going to cry by the end of it. So look forward to that on Saturdays. Sundays, uh, this coming Sunday, everybody for in the live chat, remember... The first to ten with Tyler is starts at six minutes central ten time. Hopefully, both Justin and Lo will be on the mic, uh, giving uh, giving some proper lowdown as Tyler whoops my ass ten o uh, clean in Tekken. Um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but the point is, train. Um, see, I'm gonna be free. Uh, but also because it's also in seven day Sundays will also be Mass Effect three. You're finally starting the final game of the series, so look forward to that. Tuesdays uh, this coming Tuesday, and it will be celebrating. My fact of one year being an affiliate, and God, you guys have made the past several months of being an affiliate even more amazing. Like everything's just constantly going up from viewership, subs. It's it's all insane. Um, and uh, Wednesdays, I'm doing my way of celebrating Zelda month. I will be streaming The Legend of Zelda: The Minish Cap because uh, that was what nice. you guys wanted me to see. So uh, I'm I'm happy to provide. Thankfully, my Wii U still works. Even though the disk drive does not work, but I'll take as long as I can play my virtual console games, I'll be fine. Um, and of course, go to chartshot.com for all this content, including the very show you're listening to. But also check out Cinema Shot, 
which we just uploaded our latest episode, uh, which is Batman Hush. It actually works now. I checked it. It downloaded. Shh. Don't understand what the problem was, but it worked. Um, it wanted you to hush. <laughs> and and uh, the upcoming episode will be Wonder Woman Bloodlines. Uh, that'll be the uh, upcoming uh, uh, cinema shot this week. Uh, of course, also check out Tyler and I's previous show, which is Atomic Shot, where we've reviewed every single Godzilla movie. And, of course, check out the Charge Shot Slam-Alongs that uh, Thomas and I did. The most recent one that uh, is live now, I believe, as I double-check myself because I forgot, um, which was uh, WCW Slamboree 1998, which we had a lot more fun with that than we admit. And then this coming uh, week will be WWF In Your House uh, a cold day in hell, circa May 1997. Uh, so look, that's a lot of words. Yeah, look forward to that. Look forward to that, guys. Um, yeah, we're very, very busy as we get close to the holiday season. But that's gonna do it for this week of the episode of the Charge Games Gamescast. As always, guys, no matter what, thank you for watching. Thank you for coming in live. Shout out to almost hitting that type train. Thank you to uh, Tang, the real Tanky Pop in the chat room. Again, you can participate with us live if you listen to us via your various audio providing platform at twitch.tv zero score at Mondays, seven, roughly around 7, 7 p.m. Central Center Time. Uh, but until next time, guys, stay charged. See y'all next week. Peace.